Hi there. Gonna start here with a small programming note that says that this episode is the first of a two-part series about the Ringed City DLC. When we initially recorded this, we did not know exactly when the cutoff would take place, but I can tell you this first episode is going to be a little bit shorter. Um, it's going to be about the Dreg Heap, and the episode that comes out next week, as you're hearing this, will cover the rest of the Ringed City DLC. If you like the show, please consider going to patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and supporting this show and many others like it, including Watch Out for Fireballs and Abject Suffering, and consider listening to those as well if you have not already given them a chance. This intro has been long enough, so let us get into this content. I could have, I really, I really biffed that, didn't I? Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. At the close of the Age of Fire, all lands meet at the end of the Earth. Great kingdoms and anemic townships will be one and the same. The great tide of human enterprise, all for naught. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. My name is Richard Pilbame. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a favorite at the end of all time and space. Yep. And... A dust-covered, blasted, <laughs> ruined favorite. Yep. And this week, we are talking about the Ringed City DLC. Um, it's kind of odd because we don't know exactly where we're going to split this. It'll be as much of a surprise to you as it is to us because of the way the DLC is paced. But as you heard, uh, we are joined by Richard Pilbeam, um, a favorite guest of uh, of, uh, of our listeners um, and uh, the person behind the Jerks Sans Frontiers um, uh, YouTube. Is that still accurate, Richard? Uh, yes, yes, at the moment. Yeah. Yes, but um, yeah. I'm regretting that name. It's like an albatross <laughs> around my neck at this uh-huh. point. <laughs> it, it's uh, frustrating when that kind of thing happens, and you might want to rebrand because yeah. you have to start over. You know, <laughs> you'd have to you'd have to trust everyone to come over, and a lot of people oh, maybe wouldn't because yeah. of inertia, and then the the the, the yeah. recognition, and then it'll always be Richard Pilbeam parentheses JSF. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I'm just, just <laughs> roll with it. The series is dying. And I, I've recently become significantly more popular because Vardy mentioned me in something. All right. Mm. So, yeah. but like I, I've become popular just as the series is dying and I have nothing else to say. Uh, uh, it, it, uh, is a, it is a tragic. That video that uh, Vadi mentioned is the um, the Bastard's Curse video, which Bastard's we Curse. have also uh, mentioned, which everyone should, should check out if you haven't. Mm-hmm. Um, that's very good. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we, you know, people, people uh, know you and know your stuff, I believe. Um, you know, it is, as Cole mentioned, um, a popular guest on this show. Um, you know, just to, just to kind of, in case anybody is coming to this uh, specifically, cause I know there was a lot of like, when are you guys going to get to the ring city, uh, talk, yeah. um, can you briefly kind of say what you do or what you did before the series started ending? Uh, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> I started off looking at, uh, Bloodborne. Uh, Bloodborne lore, but I was um, I was coming at it from a perspective that I thought was more kind of conducive to coming up with with useful Bloodborne content because a lot of people were treating that game like it was uh, Dark Souls or Dark Souls Two, where it was all about little human stories, and not 
having to like knit stories together from item descriptions whereas i was more like let's step back and look at this more broadly as more like it's like, it's like cosmic kind of story and let's look at the the worldview that's being created by this game rather than focusing on the little um little human stories in it and uh i recently started to dip my toe into dark souls 3 with um not the same approach but a an approach that's sort of informed by that where i was i was looking at the story not just through what was what was written in the in the text of that story but like drawing in different um kind of like cultural things around japanese beliefs that were informing the story but weren't being mentioned overtly things like um the way that that certain things were described as being like stagnant and stuff is a is a uh, it's to do with um, folk beliefs and things about, well, not folk, but like spiritual beliefs and things. Then I brought a lot of that into it to sort of help explain, like, what I thought was going on in Dark Souls Two that wasn't really overtly explained by the the text of the game. And it's really early in the morning. That's why I'm rambling. Yes, <laughs> that's all right. Yeah, it, and also um, kind of uh, visual things. So that was the thing. Yeah, that's that what first, I do. Uh, yes, yeah. I remember now. Yeah, when, when, when I when I first found your stuff. <laughs> In, uh, in in Bloodborne, it was just uh, like oh well, a good eye, like a lot of yeah. um, details on statuary and outfits yeah. and the like that, yeah. uh, that I yeah. missed. Um, yeah, because like the thing about like because um, uh, I've worked on like films and stuff, and like if you have a, a director who is like in this case Miyazaki, who is very like who has thought everything through, that's going to be reflected in things like clothing designs and like you know if like Hemwick. Um, one of the first things where I kind of cracked something was was Hemwick being a crematorium. Hmm. That's not something that it, the game out, outright tells you, but if you look at the design of the place, it's built to look like one. It has these little vents where all the smoke is coming out. Yeah. And that's not like Miyazaki sitting there thinking, ah, yes, I hope that a year from now, you know, a board graduate student <laughs> is looking through this and unravels <laughs> my my fiendish mystery. It's just like, he is clearly working with the level designer saying like, you know, um, we don't want this village. What kind of village is it? Oh, it's uh, well, it, it does this. It has this relationship to the rest of the city. It this is how the, the local like um, economy functions. This is the kind of like culture they would have there. And that's informed the design of it. And um, like I, one of the what, what I'm holding up is like proof that that they they had thought this stuff through is like before the Old Hunters DLC came out, I did a thing about the doll. And in that, I like show that like you can infer just from her design that she is something related to Kanehurst and that she's something related to German's Apprentice. Yeah. And we had no idea who Marie was, and the DLC came out, and it's like, yeah, this is German's Apprentice from Kanehurst. And that mm. was all there. Just in, that wasn't like speculation out of nowhere. That was all implicit in the design right. of that character, because obviously they've thought through like how would someone from Kanehurst dress, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's real impressive stuff if you haven't watched it. Uh, people are listening. Thank you. Um, it's, it's it's super good. And the reason, um, part of the reason why we wanted to call you, you know, back on this is it's the last, uh, you know, something that we we didn't mention. Like this is the last bit of Dark Souls three content, and yeah. probably the bat last bit of Dark Souls content. Mm -hmm. So so we wanted that eye um, in part uh, because you know as Cole mentioned, uh, your popular guest, we both are fans of your work, and <laughs> if there's something to like ring out of this. Um, I have I have faith in, in your ability to do so. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that um, 
when when I because I got this um, effectively the day before most people because I'm in another time zone, and I played through it and I was like, you know, it's okay. Um, it's I think it's better than Ashes of Ariandel, but it's not up there with the other DLCs they've done. And I was sort of like, you know, it's like a six, seven out of ten. It's all right. Um, and then I, I posted that and then I went to bed. Uh-oh. I woke up the next day <laughs> mm, and went on Twitter and <laughs> saw just how badly this was going down with a lot of people. And then Gary messaged me saying, like, hey, do you want to be on this? We'd like someone yeah. who's a bit more positive. Someone mildly more positive, but somebody who wasn't yeah. going to spend the whole episode like thinking me and cool were idiots yeah. for not being super into yeah. it. Right. Like, I, I like it more than I like Ashes, too, but oh, like yeah. it would be yeah. hard not to, um, you know, because I think Ashes is pretty bad. Um, yeah. Like if if Ashes is a six out of ten, this is a seven out of ten. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I would. It's this weird situation when you're talking about like is is a game good or not? That like, okay, in a vacuum, it would be a six or a seven out of ten. I wouldn't have issues with it, but it's not in a vacuum because it's the second DLC to the third game. So it's <laughs> you can't really look at. It. No, and also it's the last, so you're going to be yeah. judging it as you know uh, something that carries the weight of finality. Um, yeah, yeah, and uh, and to be fair, like, and people who are who are screaming this while listening, like, I I think of it in both of those terms. Like, I think about it in terms of like, what if it was by itself without the weight of these expectations? Yeah, you know, um, and it's I still I still a lot of the problems I have with it, I still have, and some of the things I think are cool about it I still think are cool in that respect. Yeah. It doesn't make as big a difference. It just makes it ultimately like at the end of the day, there's going to be a big asterisk next to this that. In my mind, forever, that's like this is what they chose to do with the last thing. Yeah, and, you know? and, yeah. and if you're screaming, uh, we're just going to have to be okay with that, and you yeah. are as well. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's as a, yeah. you know, it, it, getting it right up there, like six or seven out of ten is about what we're operating on. I think we're all relatively on the same page. Um, yeah. If that just isn't interesting to you, if you're listening to this and it's like I don't want to listen to these guys say things they don't like about this DLC, I I loved it and I don't care. You know, I don't want to know. That's super valid. Just mm-hmm. know, you know, going in. That's what you're getting. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, and yeah. I promise you, we'll explain why. Like, it's not arbitrary. It's just, uh, you know, that that's what it is. So I want everyone to know. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and we should get into it. So we should start saying, uh, saying yeah. what this what this is. Um, this is, uh, you can get to this um, without doing the first DLC, but it is like a sequel yeah. to that DLC. And yeah. um, before we actually go into this, I want to talk a little bit about um, level recommendations. Yep. Uh, for this oh, God, because because yes. <laughs> this is really really hard and even people who really yeah. love it i think would agree yes. um so much so that like from says uh suggested level i think is 120 yeah um, yeah i i did this on um 130 ish oh wow um mm-hmm. i when i when i got this i streamed it i streamed my first playthrough it's on my channel um i was level 130 and then by the end i was like around 140 something and mm-hmm. i um uh, I did not have that. I did the whole thing in three hours. Um, I missed Midia and I missed Lab. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I didn't have really any. Yeah, I never hit a brick wall in it. There were I died a couple of times to the bosses. I think it was two each. But um, overall, like I did not have many problems with this, which I think informed like my kind of reasonable positivity to it. Mm-hmm. And if if I think if I had hit a wall, I would have been a lot less positive about this. Um, <sighs> yeah, my, my story was quite the opposite because Dark Souls 3 kind of easily lets you finish it um, at around level 80. 
and yes. I finished the Ashes of Ariandel DLC at around like 85 or 90, somewhere in between those. And I just got my clock cleaned by the Demon mm. Prince, a boss we're going to talk about here soon. Um, it'd be weird if we skipped him, uh, honestly. <laughs> yeah. uh, but <laughs> but um, for for the first time in a, in a Souls game since like my first run at the Undead Burg, trying to uh, tr- trying to get the uh, the Drake Sword, I guess I ground. Like I farmed for souls in order to get my level up to 105, uh, and that like I only did that much, um, and not to the recommendation, uh, because I didn't feel like literally almost doubling my characters, you know, adding half again my yeah. character's level yeah. to, to 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 make this content work. It's it's such a it's such a weird choice, right? Because uh, from knows what level people are beating Dark Souls three at. And they know what level people are beating Ashes of Ariandel at. And then they added, at, you know, at least 20 to that. So the idea yeah. that you would, you know, you have to grind to get to that recommended level. And, you know, they, they didn't have to do that. You know, it <laughs> is a really weird thing it's, to do. It's so strange because, yeah. like, th- this is not, like, a lot of people have defended this being kind of anticlimactic by saying, well, it's not the climax, it's a side story. But it's a side story that's scaled up significantly <laughs> more than the final boss of the game is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The final like, boss of this is like a gigantic meat wall tank that yeah. if you go into him expecting like a challenge on par with Soul of Cinder, you're going to die. Yeah. He's yeah. much, much tougher. So it's he's, he's... weird that this is being talked about like it's, well, it's a side story. It, it, well, why is it? I mean, it, it seems very much like you're supposed to go there after beating Soul of Cinder. Yeah. Even the environment, like, is reminiscent of where you fight Soul of Cinder. But it's so... <laughs> like, I was co-oping against the final boss with, with Alison Baker for, like, an hour, and she just couldn't, like... Like, there was, it was four of us versus the final boss, and we just, like... It was just this horrible war of attrition Ugh. that we kept losing. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. it is it is and narratively that's you know and I understand this is a minor complaint but it is weird that the final boss of this and you know there's no reason for spoilers everyone who's listening to this has played it <laughs> um, that, that Gale is that much more formidable than the literal aglo- you know conglomeration yeah, of yeah, all the, the people who link the fires yes. before you <laughs> um yeah, you know like it, this, this like cosmic you, force it is like you have ended up in the next new game cycle in terms of difficulty like but somehow by accident it's it's a so so when people are listening, just know uh, I was a little bit higher level than Cole, but not to the recommended level, and that's going to influence our experience. Um, so like yeah. on one hand, you can say like why didn't you guys get to the recommended level? On the other <laughs> hand, like the recommended level makes no sense. So right. getting to it after and, beating it and the super hard DLC that came before this, like not as hard, but like I think Rita's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like I should this should be a good enough level. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Also, this thread, if you decide if you decide to chase it down to its end, begins in the Cathedral of the Deep, the fourth or fifth area that you can go to. Yeah, yeah. you know, we're, we're, and we talked about that in the Ashes of Ariandel thing, where you go to Ashes of Ariandel, and enemies are dropping large shards, <laughs> and yet you're still supposed to fight Frida at the end of that. Yeah, you know, yeah. here it's like they give you slabs, but you you have to be in your final build, yeah. you know, to make this Absolutely, make any sense yeah. at all. You know, like you're you're not still upgrading stuff. Um, you can, if you want to play with the new weapons and that goes into another problem where it's like, unless you're doing PVP, there's nothing to do with them after this, you know, but <laughs> anywho, anyway, it is, it is, uh, it tell you know, from told us that it would be very hard. That's, that's kind of fair. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah. they were right. 
<laughs> you know, but I, I still don't think it would be easy if I was at 120 just because of, uh, you know, a lot of the difficulties are not just in the bosses. They're in these environmental things, which we'll we'll get into yeah. here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so should we give like a small summary of like where Ashes left off? Because that directly informs this, right? Um, Ashes took place in this painted world uh, that is being ruined. Uh, there is a person, a denizen of this world, who has ventured into ours with a scrap of the painting to seek out materials to make a new painting. People inside there, um, I believe his nieces, are working to make a new painting, a new home for man, and he is looking for the dark soul. And, you know, you as this uh, kind of champion of Ash, um, I forget, what is it, the Unkindled? Yes, mm -hmm. you as the Unkindled yeah. um, are, you know, uh, kind of uniquely qualified to go in and help them in there and then also chase after Gale and kind of follow in his footsteps. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, G Gale is, actually, Gale is working will, on it. Will leave little yeah. messages for you. Yes. Yeah, even down yeah. to the two uh, the two bonfires that teleport you here, which mm -hmm. have uh, a strip of red cloth yeah. on them. Yeah. Um, there's one of them uh, that's either near the mysterious snake statue that did not get elucidated elucidated upon um, <laughs> at the end of Ashes, or one of them that is right before the Lord of Cinder. Yes. Yeah. Um, and this this transports you to our first area, the uh, the drag heap in this kind of upper area. Um, yes. yes. Um, so the dreg heap looks very similar to the area around the kiln of the first flame. Um, it is Inception City um, in that mm -hmm. it is kind of folded over on itself. Um, we use Doctor Strange City now, Cole. Oh, okay, now cool. Doctor Strange has come out. So, <laughs> All right. I will, so you know. Wait, let me update my text file. Okay. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, uh, you uh, you you know kind of come into this place and it feels a little bit like you're exploring uh, this thing that you can only see from a distance. Before I think this whole place is very pretty from a distance. Um, up close, it's very drab. Yeah, yeah. lots and, of recycled assets. As yeah, well. yeah, and and it looks cool. Like it is cool to be walking on the sides yeah. of these things and yeah. have them uh, yeah kind of you know collapse in on themselves. Like that is a very neat thing that is going to be kind of a thematic part of this first. Mm -hmm you know, first section here uh, that I dig. Um, when you leave here, you know, you leave this little antechamber, you come out, you meet our, your first NPC right away, the uh, stone humped hag, uh, yeah. who is a, a merchant um, here, um, formerly a, a wet nurse to a Lord um, and kind of, I don't understand the purpose of this merchant. Uh, no. Kind of gameplay wise to, to get, a, to I, get like yeah. five, five more human effigies or sorry, whatever they are. Embers. Yeah. 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 Which you get some um some lore about her off her ashes after she she yes. dies. And I think that's kind of you get quite a few divine blessings off her from memory. Mm, you yeah. get like mm. two or three. Yeah, but I, I think she's really there just for story reasons rather than um yeah. mechanical reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um by appearance she looks like a uh, uh one of the Londor pilgrims. Um she's got oh, the stone yeah, on her cool. back. Good. No, this this completely like ruined a lot of my theories. That like now, because I used to think all of these <laughs> pilgrims must come from Londor by default, but now it's like no, apparently anyone can become a pilgrim, and this is like the. <laughs> she's like, there's a theory that she is Emma. Yeah, um, Vadi talks because one thing about the Ring City that's like it, it becomes clear once you start looking at item descriptions. But like this, this is happening in the future. Like we've actually gone forward in time, like some however many long, like yeah, yeah centuries. 
We don't know how. Yeah, but we're we're like way, 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 way ahead, and like we'll meet Vera. We'll meet another character who we've met before as well, and like the theory that um, people was because she's described as being a wet nurse to royalty, and she she talks about Lorian, um, but she talks about him in a way that suggests she's familiar with who he was, rather mm-hmm. than this is a historical record. No. There's a theory that this is Emma, um, the priestess of Lothric, and that after. After however much time has passed, she's she's turned into a little pilgrim thing. Yeah, hmm. yeah, maybe. I I I don't know because <laughs> there's all this Lothric stuff kind of at the top. The top kind of sedimentary layer of the drag heap is all bits and pieces of Lothric yeah. Castle and Lothric knights yeah. and stuff. So it's it's not it's not out of the question, right? No, yeah. it's not. I mean, we should we should mention that we're going to be going to going through these different strata of time. Um, yeah. But but the ultimately though when I think about that being Emma and I consider that too because like that's the other wet nurse we know of. Yeah. Um, it just it feels indicative of a lot of Dark Souls three kind of lore stuff where it's a connection that doesn't add up to anything. Like Emma still being here yeah. doesn't mean very much to me. Um, yeah. You know, and it doesn't help me understand this world or understand what's going on or these characters any better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, so it's kind of unto a purpose. Like on today on Twitter, I was like the way I think about it is like when you're a little kid. And you get that little plastic thing that's like, here's a button you can do. Here's a zipper. Here are two laces you can tie. Here's, you know, and it's it's teaching you to make the connections. But at the end of the day, you're not wearing a shoe. Right. You know, like it's it's not like you're 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 gonna put on a shoe you can walk with. You've just made a connection. And it's like, oh, good for you. Yeah. You know, like yeah. oh, like you 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 know, we we can figure out that this is Emma. Yeah. But you know, and there's never there's no but for a lot of these things. Right. Um, and it just kind of, you know, bums me out. It's, we're going to get to that where, like, we get to the Dark Souls 2 callback here, which <laughs> it, it was a, a personal pet peeve of mine because I like Dark Souls 2 a lot. And there's no yeah. reason for it to be this. Yeah. Um, you know, it yeah. just represents the strata. And yeah. there's a visual iconography reason, but not a lore or story reason that kind of, like, feels like putting together Legos, you know, kind of re- like from different yeah. sets. Like, like yeah. to me, the, the issue with the, the DLC story in general is that, like, it's basically just underscoring things we kind of already knew. <laughs> mm. yeah, yeah, it it doesn't add a great deal, and it's things we could kind of like, yeah. I don't know, intuit already. Yeah, and the things it adds are yeah. du- du- duplicative. It's a it's it's a little bit like a um you know a magic act almost. Yeah, like haha. Uh, there there are reveals that barely that barely qualify as as, as such. Um, you know, it is again just addition, addition, addition. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, or, so the the other possibility that we haven't considered is that Lothric might just be swimming in wet nurses. <laughs> it's, it's the yeah. uh, the guidance counselors at Lothric yeah. High are just like, listen, yeah. go go into boob milk. Yep. It's like, it's, it's, like, it's, like, land, it's the you. land of milk, like, milk, milk, and honey. Yeah, <laughs> the uh, yep, and also home of the law. It's milk, 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 and honey. <laughs> the um, <laughs> but but she is here, so the Stonehom tag is here to kind of like take in this grand site. She's a she's a sightseer, and she kind of explains the mechanics of this that great kingdoms and anemic townships uh, will be one and the same. The great tide of human enterprise, all for naught. Um, again, collecting in this ring around the central point. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And I appreciate this um, kind of as a natural extension to something stuff we've seen in Dark Souls 3, where the lands of the Lord of Cinder are converging. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, like this does feel like on a long enough timeline, it would draw in Dark Souls 2 and, you know, uh, it would draw in Lordran and draw in these areas like until eventually it became this kind of Katamari of, of yeah. different Souls games. Like I can dig that. 
like as a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I have some specific problems with what they chose uh, to use, <laughs> um, but I think that's cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah. visually, again, looking out over this vista, like it's super cool looking. Like yeah. a lot of the people who have defended this, you know, when I've complained about it, have just been like, it's so pretty, dude. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> it is. It's cool looking. It looks really, really neat. And and I'll give yeah. it that, you know. Yeah. Um, I, I this think is I would have liked it a spark- lot more, like had it, um, had that also not been the reveal for when you get to the kiln in the vanilla game. Yeah. You see the same mm-hmm. vistas. And it's yeah. like, I think... Had that not been there, had we just fought like Soul of Cinder in some like arena mm-hmm. and this then we got the DLC and it's it's the Doctor Strange City. Like I think this would have had much, Thank much you. bigger impact on me. But I was I was kinda used to it at this point. Yeah. 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 Um there's a weird little trivia bit here. Um in general it's not your advantage to kill any NPCs in this. Like, you know, usually you want to yeah. do that to see if you get something cool. Um it's not really worth killing any of them, but if you kill her, um, you actually can kind of fuck yourself over because she turns into an angel, uh, which we're going to talk about at length here in a little bit. She turns into um, a into a nonviolent angel. It does uh, the, the angel that she turns into doesn't attack. It'll, it will it'll only back. attack you if you attack. Oh, if if you first. attack her, sorry, yeah. fuck me. Yeah, uh, yeah sorry. Yeah. No, it's okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so it will attack back. Um, but this angel operates differently than any other angels we're going to meet. Yeah. yeah. If if um, if she dies as a natural extension of the quest line, then it is nonviolent. That is that, oh, okay. that is what I mean. If you get to the oh, end okay. of the uh, of uh, to the end of the content and then come back, you can pick up uh, her ashes off of her corpse, and there is a nonviolent angel that is hovering above it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she she also acts as your quest giver. You can you can ask her about the ringed city um, and mentions like yes, the the like the dark soul is here and better you know well left alone, and says you need to jump through the uh, the ring of this uh, kind of fallen tree. Uh, to uh, to get there, and this is where she mentions Lorian. Yeah, mm. yep. um, which is actually like, um, yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, yeah. How that was kind of scrubbed from the boss a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, you get to your first drop here, which is going to be kind of a geographical feature of these. Um, and I want to see how you guys feel about these because this was something um, I kind of dug at first, and then eventually uh, grew to resent as a game design thing. <laughs> I started, was I started our, disliking it. Was it our conversation where I pointed out that From has been better at signaling stuff in the past? Well, I mean, that was that was a good point. That was what I the conclusion I'd come to as well. But yeah. then, like, also, you know, it's a uh, you know, I think you brought up the good point with the the gutter, which has literally none of this, just has right. lights. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. Well- the, the um people who got the press copy to review, they were posting that like, oh, I got lost in the drug heap for ages because I couldn't figure out where I was going. And it turns mm. out that I think what happened was the the way that it signals it is that there's there's messages with a little phantom of Gale over them and he's pointing. And they have little like red bits of his hood that he's torn off to mark them. And you can safely fall down there, but not other places. And it's right. never really explained how that functions. But um, apparently, like, those weren't there until it went live. <laughs> okay. That so actually confirms my suspicions. In, <laughs> yeah. The people who had initially played it, like, were saying, like, I got lost forever in the drink because I couldn't figure out where the safe drops were. But oh, with yeah. Gale there, it's like, it's really obvious. There's literally a phantom pointing where you can drop. Yeah. Yeah. And it's significant yeah. that it's Gale. Like, Gale is helping you, and that's to a purpose, which we'll get to. Um, yeah. What's interesting about these things, too, if you look up real close, there are skulls in the kind of, like, uh, light that comes off of these. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's, a weird, it's a weird thing. I saw that today. I never noticed it before, but I saw it in a YouTube video. It's the same thing that if you freeze frame his uh, his cloak attacks mm. when you get to him, there are tiny skulls. 
and they're all like kind of energy yeah. looking ghost skulls in it that show up here as well which is kind of cool you know detail um but these things it just uh you know like you you know we were talking about cole like from has done this a lot like signal drops you can make mm-hmm. um this just feels like kind of singularly uh sloppy to me yeah I, feel, um, I mean, it, it's it, it feels last minute, and I I I feel not good to know that it is, but yeah, it, I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> well, it's still it's still a problem that like those dev- you know those reviewers were yeah. having a hard time knowing where to go. Like again, just put a couple of lanterns down there. Like this is it's literally stuff <laughs> yeah. you've done since the first game. Yeah, um, and like it's not even just those drops that are safe because like later on, we'll there's like a poison swamp area, and I was knocked off the one of the big like tree root things above it, and I thought, too. oh, I'm dead. Yeah. And I fell, and I there's not even like a like a a falling animation. I'm just standing up again, and it's like okay, yeah, all right, well, okay. That's I think the implication freebie. is like that everything's turning to ash, so the ash is acting like like it's like a, like a truck full of pillows, like in a cartoon <laughs> that it's just like yeah. this safe landing. Yeah, it's so you're either falling into piles of ash like you are in these in these drops at the at the start that you could easily survive. Um, you know, they're, they're not far enough. And later on you're falling onto kind of these, I guess, sigils of, or sorry, sigils of, uh, of, of safe fall almost. And like, this is to a purpose, like, you know, doing these large leaps of faith is dramatic visually. And this is a non-logical space that they expect you to navigate, you know, in kind of illogical ways. Like I understand the heightened thing they were going for just uh find find a happy medium between having these be marked by a small little piece of cloth and Mm. a big glowing neon sign that says jump (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah yeah absolutely um it is it is it is fine but it 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 just at some point i was just like this this feels contrived and gamey yeah uh yeah yeah to me um so yeah. you kind of head down and we start running into our first enemy um, kind of on this like slope. Uh, you, you look down onto a what looks like a ruins of a church uh, to me. Mm-hmm. And there's this slope with enemies that kind of come up. And these are our first uh, hostile enemies, the Merkmen. Yeah. Um, hey, remember the deep and how we had all those questions about what the deep would resolve to? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So these are cool looking enemies. They kind of look like little um, Titanite um, demons. A little bit. Um, yeah. yeah, they're real spindly. They attack with these um, kind of like long staves. Uh, they've got like blue smoke hanging around them. But yeah, they're animated by basically stagnant souls that have uh, hung around for too long and been kind of tainted by the force that is known elsewhere as the deep. Yeah, and they, they attack you with these like giant humanity sprite things occasionally. Yes. They'll like yeah. summon them up and like charge at you. Yeah. And uh, they spawn. Uh, they kind of continuously spawn um, in this area where you're going to head to. Uh, they just kind of, you know, there are a lot of them that show up. Mm. And this is the first of, I want to say, six mechanics in this DLC designed to make you run. <laughs> um, that's going to yeah. continuously be a thing. Like, this is one of the more gentle ones. Um, other ones are more explicit. But, you know, unless you want to stand and just kind of, like, fight off, you know, t- 10 plus of these things every time they're, you know, they exist, um, you're going to run through. And that is, you know, if I had to pinpoint like one thing about the DLC that I don't like, or the the worst thing, like there are lots yeah. of things I don't like, but the <laughs> one thing that I think is like the fatal flaw is that it is so pretty and such an interesting space to explore and mm-hmm. the game doesn't want you to explore it. No. Yeah. Um, you know, there's again, six, like there are, there are, <laughs> there are a lot of mechanics in this that are designed just to make you go forward all the time. 
Um, and the, the, it gets introduced right at the very first enemy you meet. Mm-hmm. Uh, can fall into that category. Mm. Yeah. So. These things individually are not that difficult uh, to take out. No. But if you sleep on them, um, they will eventually get after you. Um, especially if you let the uh, the ranged ones uh, stick around. Uh, those humanity yeah. sprites, uh, I guess deep sprites that they shoot to shore, no joke. Yeah, they don't fuck around. Yeah. yeah. And so and they, like, uh, they can pull you under the ground as well. Yeah. Be, oh, yeah, yeah. Kind of crab attack where they like try to, it's like they're pulling you down into the deep with their like scythe things. Hmm. Which is a super cool looking attack, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. The first time I got hit by that was um, in the next like big set piece thing, which we'll talk <laughs> about here in a moment. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we get to that, though, if you if you run down this, you go to your left. We're introduced to another new uh, enemy here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Herald Knights. Yes. These big boys jump down um, and I really like fighting these things. Yeah, I, um, I really like Herald Knights, but I think the, <laughs> the DLC uses them badly kind of after this point. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, you never see another one alone again. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the issue. They're, they're, <laughs> they're, they're an enemy that appears to be designed for one-on-one encounters in places where you can do plunging attacks. Yeah. Because so, what happens is if you do a plunging attack on them, you get a unique plunging animation where you, like, grab onto the armor and you kind of stab them, like, three times in the head. Mm-hmm. And... Yeah. So it's like it's kind of teaching us okay, this is like a little kind of mini boss enemy where the idea is you have to get above them and drop down on them. And all the Harold Knights we meet from now on will be in a place where you can drop. Mm-hmm. But they start making them like at one point there's like five at a time and you can't <laughs> really manage that. And it's no. And and yeah. again, you know, and, and this is going way back to old complaints. But like, you know, if you're fighting one of these at multiple ones at a time, you know, you even if you manage to jump on one. Uh, stab it you jump off uh, due to the lack of poise in this game like if you get hit mm-hmm. and there are four yeah. of them chaining attacks like that's probably it for you yeah it's just it comes down to like i don't think the dlc has good encounter design um no. where it was just kind of a bummer because in the last dlc i think the encounter design was better but the uh, and the enemies were you know other than the wolves were worse yeah um the wolves were very cool yeah. the axiolons in the last dlc were bad here uh all of the enemies I enjoy fighting individually quite a bit. Um, the ring knights, which we're going to later, I actually like fighting a lot. Oh, they're so good. You know, there's lots of good fights. It's just the encounters are so stacked against you uh, yeah. or just designed for you to run through, which we'll get yeah. into with the uh, archer summoning guys and and all of these things. So it, it kind of bums me out because I, I like fighting these things. I would love to fight them more. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just this one that like the test one is the only one that's. You know, the bunny slope is the one that's worth it. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you go up here, you, you don't get anything. I thought this would be the critical path yeah. um, because on, on first look, it looks like it is. Mm-hmm. Um, this is where you go to get the uh, it's the the Azure dagger. Um, yeah, it's, it's aquamarine. aquamarine yeah. Yes. Yeah. You get you gain a, a dagger that is the Internet, uh, you know, seems to believe belongs to the second boss yeah. of, uh, of this area. But there's not, you know, maybe. Yeah. Uh, who knows? Yeah. Um, we let's talk about the appearance of these Herald Knights. They look really great. They're designed to me as re- as uh, re- uh, reminiscent of the the, the heads of the Ulysseal dudes a little bit. Yeah. They're these big uh, kind of bulbous dudes. So what we're seeing in the Drag Heap and in the Ring City itself is kind of the remnants of these expedition expeditionary forces that have like made a run for the Dark Soul or made a run for what the city is kind of built to house and protect. Again, the, the 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 dark soul. So these herald knights came, and they were claimed um, by the dark. Um, you know, the, the they sank into the uh, into the dark with the legion. Their armor did, uh, where their cavities bloated in grotesque displays, never again to fit any ordinarily shaped bodies. And these guys, like they, you know, their big armor um, completely wrapped around with these roots. And instead of having faces, they have these like black holes 
um, with this swirling darkness around them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is yeah, why I... the plunging attack does extra damage. Right. Because you land yeah. on that. And like if you if you have a bow, you can shoot you can like headshot them and it will they get a unique like stagger animation where all mm-hmm. this like humanity is sort of leaking out of them. Nice. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't I didn't make the I didn't think they looked like the uh, the Ulysseal guys uh, to me, but I can I can kind of see it. They always look like they, they read as bird's nest to me. Yeah. And I don't know. What the, I know they look like what Snorlax. That is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like corrupted like, Snorlax. If I, if Snorlax. I could have like one from... like a life size of any of the Dark Souls enemies, I would have a life size Harold Knight that I used as like a beanbag. <laughs> like, just like lie on it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and you know it's weak point, so you have leverage. Over <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, so yep. It's it bad if it ever goes Chucky on you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like. This this is the beginning of something that kind of started grating on me throughout this DLC, where you keep being told about this, like, all these envoys of knights that have been sent throughout time to the Ringed City, as though everyone's always known about it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. we'll later on get information that, like, says, oh, yeah, this was known about, like, at the very, like, the, the most distant point at which people can have known about this was Dark Souls 2. <laughs> yep. No one has ever mentioned this thing, but everyone talks about it like it's this known thing. <laughs> like, oh, it's true what they say about the ringed city. And it's like, what? <laughs> my, yeah. really my mother always told me a prophecy about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I like, also like, find that, yeah. that frustrating. Yeah, The hag going yeah. like, oh, you must be here for the dark soul. That's why everyone else is coming. It's like, what? <laughs> it, it reminds me of like 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 an fmv adventure game where like a character is addressing you through the screen oh yeah like yeah. giving you this because one of the problems with like these games story it's not a problem per se but something they run into is that because you have a silent protagonist um there's not a lot of character motive for the things that you do mm-hmm. there's game there's i understand why i'm doing things in this game and like bloodborne is is really bad with this like i i understand why i did it as someone who has bought the game and is playing it because a new area has opened up yeah but it's never really communicated why the character would do that like what i don't know why my character is picking a fight with a giant spider at all right. i know why i'm doing it because like i it's the obviously the boss, but like if I fell through a lake and, and met a giant spider in real life, I would run away. <laughs> right. And you're not like and Dark Souls One did a pretty good job of of kind of leading you along by having Framped kind of show up uh intimately. You had Framped and you had other NPCs who would tell you, like, oh, you need to go over here and do a thing. But like this the Ring City is literally just like you're here and then like, well, I guess you're here for the Dark Soul. And it's like <laughs> never been communicated at any point. Oh, I guess we're here. I, I, all right then. <laughs> well, you're here for Gale. You know, when, when Gale's yeah. on screen, just uh, everybody should be oh, asking, where's Gale? Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, That's going to get ridiculous toward the end. <laughs> what, what, yeah, one, 100%. Yeah. The, yeah. The, um, and then, then also the expeditionary forces thing kind of bothers me as well, just because. It is just adding new elements, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and with the ring knights where it comes up um, where they, they form like a duplicate function. They actually work with another group that they talk about, um, you know, and, and there's no. Uh, uh, so adding these guys as a lore bit isn't really necessary. I would have preferred these to be the like the final form of the, the Merc Dwellers or something like that. The Merc mm. Men. Yeah. Can kind of grow up. You need like a big that. tank enemy. Yeah. You know? At this point, the last thing the world needs is yet another group of knights who have sworn to fight the abyss. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, but no, we're on cause... like number six at this point. Yeah, and and this DLC is a clown car of them. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Um, so I, re- I remember like rolling my eyes at the Millwood Knights when it was like, oh, here's a cool group of Viking guys. I wonder what their backstory is. Oh, they're fighting the abyss. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, the, the, this bothers me. In fact, one of the main premises of this bothers me because I kind of thought the Dark Soul was Manus. And I kind of thought the Dark Soul split and turned into the, the, the daughters of Manus. Um, yeah. There's lots of Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah. There's a, you know, there's there's a, there's lots of little bits, which is that you know ultimately gets uh, swept up by by Gale, like he he rumors it up, but yeah. who knows what it did between now and the future? It, it's it's implied that it was always there. <laughs> yeah, but there's, it's like yeah. a long enough timeline. <sighs> yeah, I know. It's I mean yeah. it's 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 dumb, but okay. I, I I've given up. Like I don't actually consider anything in Dark Souls three to be part of the canon. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think like, that's not fair or anything. But it's well, like, well, like, like it, Dark Souls three is a story that it kind of feels like no single person was in control of. Yeah. Yeah. It, it goes off. Like I've, I've talked to a lot of people, like people think I'm negative about this, but like the private messages I get, Oh God. <laughs> like, but like it, to me, the, the core issue with dark souls three's story is that the actual, like the plot of the game is the most straightforward thing they've ever done. It's literally like you show up at filing five minutes after the game starts and they say, Hey, get the Lords of Cinder's ashes and bring them back. And that's all you do plot-wise throughout the game. There's no, like, twists at all. Um, and by twists, I don't mean, like, M. Night Shyamalan. I mean, like, it doesn't... There's no, like, structure to it. It doesn't, like, go anywhere. But then as you're doing that, you are getting these little, like... T- it's going off kind of on tangents. Because all the Lords of Cinder are, like... They have a reason they abandoned the throne. Mm-hmm. And that reason is usually connected to, like... We have another way to deal with the fire fading. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's not even all the law. Like it happens with Osiris as well. Like, and it, so you get all these little hints that, like, oh, there's more going on here. There's all these, like, kind of there are, are like, your Aldrich. He he leaves the throne because he he envisions I can create a new age that's not an age of fire or an age of dark. And you have like Osiris. You know, I can start creating dragons who are everlasting and live outside the cycle. You got like Lorien saying, Lorien and Lothric saying, I won't link the fire because you know there's a scholar who has told me that. You know, something else is going to happen and like like Gertrude worshipping angels and but none of them go anywhere right. and mm. they're all the thing about them is that they're not little self-contained mysteries because they're developed to the point where it's like okay this is actually a plot point now and you kind of have this is like a Chekhov's gun thing you have to now see this through because you've dedicated so much time and space to it yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. like the profaned flame is a perfect example of that because like if the profaned flame had literally just been like an item description saying, oh, Sullivan found a flame that wouldn't go out, and with it he conquered an Orlando. I don't think people <laughs> would be irritated by it. But the Profane Flame gets its own area, mm-hmm. and it gets all yeah. this like increasingly contradictory stuff kind of shoveled onto it about how like um, it's created by a group of priestesses, and it burns away human flesh, and the priestesses are kind of implied to be connected to Alsana from Dark Souls 2. And it's kind of connected to, like, it's it's located above where the ruins of Isleth are, so is the profane flame the flame the Witch of Isleth lit? And, like, Yorm stops the profane flame by sitting on a throne, and also the profane flame came from the sky, but the city is underground. And it's just like, <laughs> and then you find a profane flame pyromancy that's on a giant that is in a cell that is connected. And it's it's such, like, you have to resolve all this. It's not like, you know, like, Dark Souls 1 had little self-contained mysteries in it, like Priscilla. Where, like, you're told everything you kind of need to know about her, which is, like, she's half something, half dragon, and because she's a half-breed, she doesn't belong in the world, so she's been drawn into this painting that is a place for things that do not belong. 
and that's really all you need to know about that character. But like here, it's like they get they start with something like that and they layer all this stuff onto it. Yeah, yeah. And now it's like like I when people are saying like, well, that's not really the plot. You know, you're not supposed to care about the profane flame. You're not supposed to care about the stuff because it's it's like a little tangent. It's <laughs> kind of like a problem with the storytelling that yeah. people yeah. are. are People are invested in this stuff because the main plot of the game is not very interesting. Yeah. Well, that, I was and just like, about to say that. Like, yeah. Yeah. The, the the thing with those side things, in addition to it being none of them are, you know, the pro, you know, complete enough, is that they're all more interesting than the main plot. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me a lot of, um, in a weird way, of like the uh, advisor missions in Dragon Age Inquisition, where like the main thing you're doing is super boring, but you're sending your advisors off to do really cool things you only hear a little bit about. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like that. Like I would love to play a game that is about, you know, Lothric. Yeah. You know, but it, yeah. you just get the sense that like the game isn't really about that. It, it's little tiny like you know, partly developed little bits to kind of do shorthand for a lot of different kingdoms, and make up for that loss. You know that uh, that illusion of kind of a lot of time going by. You know there are all these different kind of individual issues with the the flame going out. Um, yeah. but you know, they're not, none of them are going to be complete and all of them are cooler than just the kind of macro story that is something we've been dealing with since dark souls one. Yeah. And you like, know, it, like the, the thing about this DLC explicitly being said in the future is even though like you buy into, okay, there's many worlds, time is convoluted. This kind of implies that canonically nothing came of any of that. Right. Cause we're just mm -hmm. in the age of fire is ending again, even though it's like, implied yeah. to be many 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 ages now. yeah like it's a, it's far enough in the future for lothric castle which is still standing in the present to have basically sunk yeah so it's like okay there was no age of deep there was no like um everyone turns into a dragon there was no <laughs> profane flame it, it like went all went nowhere and yeah that's like people have said like oh okay well that's that's like thematic it's saying that like there was no point in struggling but I get that it's thematic. It's just not very interesting because we've gone yeah. through this like three times already. Yeah. And 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 that places kind of this weird primacy on the most recent thing that you've been exposed to. You know, like yeah. this DLC is another Hail Mary pass. By going into Ariamas, we have seen another way to subvert the fire. We've seen yeah. like, hey, we're trying to create a new refuge. Uh, I don't know, maybe paintings this time. And you're following this to its end, and it, you know its end happens to go all the way back to something that is a direct result of the key players um, from the very beginning of the Age of Fire. You yeah, know when, like, when like disparity the, came, like Ariandel, like when that came out, that is also the same story. Like it's in only instead of a Lord of Cinder abandoning their throne, it's Frida abandoning the Church of Londor. Mm -hmm. And it's like, and people say, oh, it's really good that like it's it's like underscoring the themes of the game by having this world that's rotting away and needs to be burned away. And it's like, I get that, but we just had a whole like sixty-hour game saying that <laughs> yeah. no, no game. And at some point, you kind of cross a line from underscoring a theme to just being repetitive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if you squint really hard, what you can get out of the DLC is that, you know, the the you know, it's it's still it's all about cycles again. You know step back from a, a cork board with tons of red, you know, twine and tacks between all of the different elements and then just say like, Oh, it's a cycle, you know, like, Oh, the, the thing yeah. is fading, you know, um, we know, you know, and it, it's, uh, it's, it's immensely frustrating that that's what I ended up going out on. Not that like, I don't know what you would do other than do that. It ends up being another piece of evidence that like, there shouldn't have been sequels to dark souls one, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. for all of like dark souls two, as much as I love it, like there are a lot of problems with it kind of story-wise and the parts where it falls down is it is trying to kind of do this again this thing that was encapsulated kind of perfectly in dark souls one 
you know, I, I feel like Demon Souls and Dark Souls have sufficiently different flavor with some of the same themes <laughs> Definitely, yeah. to make it yeah. work. Whereas Dark Souls 1 and Dark Souls 3 do not. Um, and you can't well, there's kind of like there's almost a structure to this as a trilogy where like Dark Souls 1 establishes that the fire is fading. So we'll start a cycle by linking it. Then two, once you once you work Aldia into it becomes about like this cycle is continuing. We have to figure out a way to end it. And then Dark Souls 3 is it gestures in the direction of the cycle is now going to end. This is actually like the apocalypse of this place. Like everything is going to stop. But it doesn't, again, develop it properly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, if this had been, like, if this had been actually an apocalyptic game, if it hadn't have ended with you linking the fire, like, because the, the end of the game, again, it's like there's three endings, and it's like you can link the fire, you can let the fire go out, or you can do this Londor thing. And it's like, if, I think if this had ended with something other than that, if you had, like, just, like, some kind of, like, end of Evangelion style thing happen at the end that would be a lot better disposed toward it but it's like well, all this does is set up that like Dark Souls 4 is going to happen at some point and it's also going to be about linking the fire yeah yeah uh, it's it's something where I've, I've you know I've said this for, for a while now like the bravest ending one of this game when these games could have would be to if you actually ended the cycle you know and it's something that people say the ending of this DLC implies which I don't buy which we'll get to uh, next episode yeah. but you know in show, show a populous place you know, I would love like it, you yeah. know, it fade out and then there's a city that people are alive and relatively thriving, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah. like that's actually a sense of stakes for this, you know, like it, it's not super bleak, but it, it's like you've actually done it would actually even make restarting the age of fire seem meaningful if that's the moral choice you want to make this idea that like a temporary reprieve is better than nothing, uh, even yeah. if it's unnatural, um, give that a sense of, of stake to it, you know, even if that's the same choice we made in Dark Souls one it would still be more meaningful if you showed what that consequence was. Yeah. Uh, it's you know, like, like the, um, kind of, you know. the, the end, like Bloodborne, the childhood's beginning ending in Bloodborne. Like that to me is a really good, because like Bloodborne's endings are basically like you can continue the cycle or you can become trapped within it. But then it has that third, like the quote unquote true ending. I don't know if it's the true ending or not. Um, where like, it is completely ambiguous as to what actually happens after that, but it has a note of finality to it. But like mm. this has ended and we are moving on and it's not clear what happens next. And this is again, all part of another cycle, but it's like, okay, this, this, like we're not just going on and on forever. We've like moved onward. And I think dark souls three needed something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And the ending of this DLC is not that, nope. which, uh, which, which we'll get no. to like, the the phrasing the the kind of the interpretations that this uh, is actually kind of a f final move on uh, thing really bug me. Um, we should we should we should move though. We gotta we gotta get into more <laughs> yes. of the DLC. Yeah, the, uh, the, yeah. The, the, this is good, but we have to we we we, we got to go to sleep at some point. It's uh, uh, <laughs> it's um so so the actual critical path here uh, is not obvious. Um, there's an item to kind of on this ledge in this little church looking area that is super tantalizing. You're going to go to it. Um, but, you know, maybe you, you know, that's not the critical path. That looks like a trap. You're not going to go to it. It is actually the only thing you have to do, which is a weird bit of signaling because the floor has to crumble no. uh, there for you to fall. In a really kind yeah. of cool set piece, you fall through the side of a building through a stained glass window yeah. onto yeah. the side of a church. It's super cool until like the fourth or fifth time you do it. where like, <laughs> yeah, it starts becoming pretty silly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's archives as well. What's that? Oh, yeah. 
you're falling th- you fall into the grand archives and you you fall um i noticed this the other day the window you fall through is the window that's broken in the lothric grand archives that you visit oh so really what like, oh that's yeah, awesome you, <laughs> and really it's cool like detail. yeah 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 but I don't know uh-huh. if it's a cool detail. Like, did, did they have like a window breaking animation they didn't use, <laughs> and oh, they're yeah. recycling it here or not? I don't know. But I, it's wow. just a neat little thing I, you I, notice. I totally didn't draw the connection between this library and the Grand Archive. That's a that, that's a good catch. When you fall here, this is where the um, there's tons of Merkman down here. This is where they did the grab attack on me. Oh yeah, which was yeah. which was kind of cool. It drops you uh, right into the center of them. Yes, and they just kind of go forever, and there's a caster who is already uh, firing up with one of the, its humanity mm-hmm. uh, shots uh, that it's going to kind of shoot at you here. <laughs> um, these great soul dregs yeah. uh, spell this, that they uh, cast. <laughs> this almost always got me in one shot, and you know it, it fires very quick. And so all I got was like this flash a couple of frames, and I was like, is that a humanity? And damn, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually kind of cool. Like I wasn't, wasn't angry yet. Again, Cole, don't stop. Mm. Like you can't stop here. And when you go outside, um, you hear the scream. And this is the angels, which we've alluded to a little bit. But we have to talk about these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so this is this should be, um, I think, footnoted with the fact that we played a harder version of this yeah, they DLC. Patched they patched yeah. these things to be less to be less immediately deadly. I haven't gone through um, with the patch. When I went and refreshed my memory, they were they were dead. Um, so I cannot tell you if it's instant death, uh, but this is mechanic number two that is meant to, <laughs> you know, just shoo you along. This is the person with the fake chainsaw who chases you through the haunted house <laughs> because they've got to get yeah. some, they've got to get throughput. Yeah. Um, describe these angels, Gary. Um, yeah, they look a little bit like the tree, the floating uh, pilgrim butterflies. Um, they could be the final uh, kind of evolution of those. I don't know what that would mean. Um, they're explicitly called angels. Uh, however, they look most like angels, yeah. which bugs me because angels were something we all wanted answers to in the DLC. <laughs> and if this is what caused the Lothric Holy War, I don't fucking know. You know, like <laughs> the, there's, we don't ever actually find it. There's no item attached to these things. There's no way to find kind of text um, about them. Right. And gameplay wise, um, this is also something where like, I don't mind this that much, but it gets a lot of credit for being unique when it's essentially old Yarnum. Right. Um, yeah. this, this next section is because they're turrets. They, they float in the air after a scream, they will kind of rapid fire energy bolts at you, um, which you have to run from piece of cover to piece of cover um, with the added. Um, I guess this would be a third mechanic. So we might be are looking at seven. Um, <laughs> if you stop, if you stop, they sprinkle a curse on you. Yeah. Um, so not only do you have to constantly run, you also can't stop to rest for very long. No. Um, and this first one is actually mercifully pretty, you know, pretty kind in that, um, you will run right by its spawn. Right. Um, the way these things work is that they have a, this kind of grotesque, uh, boy, I don't even know how to describe it. This kind of grub, uh, it's, it's like a grub tree. It's a wacky waving arm inflatable tube, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, mm. that, uh, yeah, the, it, it looks like kind of like a nascent form of, uh, of these yeah. things. Again, it is people turning, turning into trees. Uh, they blend in with the scenery, um, because they are gray, like, like, like a lot of the surfaces in this. Um, and, uh, mercifully they do not respawn if you can find them. So if you take out the summoner, um, then boom, no more angels. Uh, I, I played through this, um, last night with the subsequent patch. And um, the angels are significantly less damaging now. Um, they do less damage, and they have like a spread to their attacks. Hmm. So if 
like the ones that, that when we went through this, they fight, like you were saying, it's like Dura and old Yanam. It's like this constant stream. But now they have like this massive spread to their, they'll just kind of like flare out as they're attacking you. Mm. So if you stand in, like I was, I was um, standing in one place and like almost all of them were just going around me. Mm. Wow. So they're, they're really not that much of a threat anymore. Yeah. yeah. It's still something where you can't explore until you deal with them. So this yeah. first one where like, you know, you're not as in, in as much danger, which would definitely cut down on kind of loading screens. Um, <laughs> but it's still, you know, I imagine they still function as a way to kind of keep you moving more or it's less. It's like constantly. the Harold Knight where like this first one is fine. Yeah. And then they kind of get ridiculous. Yeah. And like, even if it does summon in, uh, you, you're only exposed to its fire for a very short period. Like there's a building you can run behind and then into um so that is that is fine as well uh god help you if you decide to try and take these things out at range um because yeah, it it's, take... it's possible but it's not worth it yeah because the... and they respawn any yes exactly yeah yeah um so we'll talk about the different uh set pieces where these pop up again but this is the uh the the, the, the most merciful um and again like this is another line of people turning into trees maybe um well, but... Okay, he's. <laughs> I've I've been I've been trying to write something about these angels because it's irritating the shit out of me. Um, because like when we we learn about angels in Lothric and um everything we learn in Lothric points to them being like the classical romantic idea of an angel. Like this this there's this painting of a winged knight who's like descending from the clouds with this like halo of light around them and these huge like um feathered wings and then we we later meet winged knights who are descending from on top of a like a tower, and they've got the feathered wings, and when we meet um, what's probably Gertrude's corpse, there's feathers everywhere. So it's pointing to, and like Lauren and Lothric's room is also covered in feathers. So mm -hmm. it's kind of pointing toward, like, these are like, I mean, not not biblical angels, because the angel, way angels described in the Bible isn't what we tend to think of as angels, but like that kind of classical notion of an angel. Here they look like um, like wasps. They look like things that have, like, there's a recurring thing throughout this DLC of, like, um, insect kind of imagery. And the mm -hmm. the angels look a lot like. Well, later on, meet these locusts, and um, some of the locusts aren't hostile, and they're described they, and they're preachers, which is weird. And they're described as like these locusts are these preachers, and they they give these sermons, which I guess we'll hear when we get there, that um, are trying to like beckon you to come to the dark soul. Basically, they, he keeps repeating like, "Fear not the dark," to you. So my take on this whole angel thing is that, like, if these are the same angels that we found in Lothric, then it would make sense, like, if they're like the locusts giving these sermons, that, like, maybe Gertrude had a vision of one of these things and it was, it gave her this sermon about seeking the dark, that the same sermon that we're getting here. And that's, um, that's what led to that civil war in Lothric, because I mm. can't think of any other explanation. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, and like the the pilg, like you were describing them as being trees. So to me, they look like a pupa, like a something yeah. that's growing out. So it's like the the, the okay, this is the the thing is like um when Emma becomes an angel, the angel in the sky like it flies around and it will it will endlessly respawn. It's not being summoned. Mm -hmm. The angels that we're fighting here are being summoned by these like half formed pupa things that are hatching out of pilgrims. Yeah, so it's like those angels are like a projection of like something coming from that pupa thing. Yeah. Whereas Emma has actually made the metamorphosis properly. That's which makes I, me I wonder if, one. yeah, like, hmm. cause there's all those pilgrims outside Lothric castle, which makes me wonder if like one of them, like 
was projecting an image to Gertrude, and that's what she saw. Oh, well. Yeah, maybe. But I, 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 I generally get the idea that, like, someone changed their mind halfway through writing yeah. this. It's, uh, it's, it's also frustrating looking to, uh, look, looking to maybe Emma's um, uh, transformation, because her body is still there. Yeah. Yeah, and the, and, and the angel is up above. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that, that could definitely be the case. That could explain it. I think that uh, it's like it's not even like a stretch. It just I would have for something. I mean, I guess it plays into that. The problems we were talking about before we jumped through the side of the archives where like maybe jokes on me for feeling like that Lothric Civil War needed kind of more development. Right. So like, mm-hmm. yes, the way what you're kind of positing does make sense in a you know, it can it can be solved that way. It can kind of explain yeah, like yeah. that connection Um a little bit more kind of like relevant detail or conclusion on that feels necessary only because yeah, absolutely yeah. we spent so much time that Lothric civil war is one of the first things you see evidence of like one of the, some of the, you know, the first things with like cool little tantalizing hints that things are, you know, yeah. it's cool. Yep. Like it, it's a, it's a cool yeah. story. Um, and that would have been a good place to put a little bit of, you know, yeah. a little bit of support, a little bit more detail. Yeah. Um, you know, so like when you say that it makes it seem like somebody maybe changed their mind halfway through, like I could buy that Yeah. where yeah. these things filled a gameplay function, um, <laughs> but they decided not to, you know, go further with them. Yeah. Then, you know, that maybe and like, as as someone who like does like things explaining like that, that whole like 45 minute thing I made about the plot of Dark Souls three. I don't want people to think that like that's me saying if you didn't pick this up, that's your fault. Like that's not that's not to my mind like a redemption of the storytelling in Dark Souls three. No. Like the storytelling in Dark Souls three is not well done. The fact that you can tease a like not even a story but like a collection of themes out of it if you go and read a bunch of books about Shinto doesn't <laughs> necessarily make the story good. The parallel there is that just because Lobos Jr. can beat a, a boss with his bare fa- hands doesn't make it good either. Yeah. Like you can, yeah. <laughs> you know, do these, these very, very challenging things. They're possible. Yeah. Like it is possible yeah. to, to make these connections. It doesn't mean that the, you know, that's well optimized. Yeah. P- possible doesn't yeah. equal good. Like, did yeah. we learn nothing from Jurassic park? And the thing is, like, it's it's the 70 percent problem again, because fainting toward the idea that somebody misinterpreted um, a more complicated or sinister force as an angel. And that started uh, a, a holy war. Um, first off, that's that's got shades of like what happened in uh, New Londo. So that's pretty cool, too. Yeah. Um, but like that is a that like that is a cool story. They could have leaned into it and just like put something in that connected it. But no, we just have this 30 percent uh, kind of vague, dissatisfying void between those two. Yeah. And, and yeah. It, it's it's gratifying when I talk to, you know, talk to you guys or, you know, when I really the consensus, at least the people I've talked to, that it is different now because there is an idea out there that, like, it's always been like this. And the idea that the previous games were any yeah. more cohesive is an illusion. And I that drives me nuts because I've been following yeah. these really closely. Like, you know, I'm not trying to pull authority on anyone, but like this series has been a significant part of my life for, you know, four years now. Yeah. And the. uh so I feel like I can tell that, you know, when the temperature in the water is changing. Yeah. You well, know, yeah. It's, it's like, not it's, my imagination. Yeah. Well, if, if we if we only ever got a uh, Cuck Smasher 420 um, on as a guest, <laughs> we would probably yeah. change our tune. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cuck, like, Cuck Smasher is yeah, like, always we busy, talking, <laughs> Like we were talking about this, like before we were recording that, like um, people who like 
people don't go all the way through Demon Souls, all the way through Dark Souls, all the way through Dark Souls 2, all the way through Bloodborne, and then arbitrarily decide at this point that <laughs> yeah. the bosses are too difficult and the story is confusing. Fuck this. Like... <laughs> It was it was fine. It's that critical. Uh, excuse the TV tropes term. Um, it's a, like critical existence failure is the thing they use. And I always think about that where like you can have one hit point left and you're walking around and you're fine. Mm -hmm. And then like something yeah. scratches you and you're all of a sudden go from 100 percent to dead. Like it's not going to be that where like, you know, it it's just uh, uh, oh, it was fine up until this point. I have exactly enough tolerance for, uh, you know, 400 hours of game. <laughs> being being this and then once you get to the 401st hour it's all of a sudden a bridge too far yeah you know yeah. um yeah so see the uh, this first one as we mentioned you run into um the kind of grub thing grub or tree thing they look like they're coming out of the ground to me but they might mm -hmm. have been coming out of a, a shell or something like that um the grub tree that controls this angel you run into him um you know kill him and that teaches you the lesson of how to get rid of the angels this is going to be a mechanic um you know the kind of uh, for the next little area of hunting these things down um, it is like a remix between old Yarnum and four, two, yeah. um, or yeah. the catacombs, you know, so it's design space they've used before. It is design space. I like mm -hmm. usually, yeah. um, there are not enough areas that are free of being shot. You know, it kind of, I feel fatigued by it, yeah. you know, once yeah. you actually can go back and explore, it is kind of a cool area, but this, this first section when you're running like crazy, uh, goes on for longer than I want it to. Yeah, I've warmed up to it in hindsight, but in the moment, it was definitely, I mean, fatiguing is the right word for it. Yeah. So past this angel is a is a small little church, and this has Loth Lothric statuary, it has Lothric knights. Uh, we have a variation on the Lothric knights. Uh, they're overgrown. Um, so, you know, they've got plants kind of kind of coming around on them. They look like they're on their way to being like the Herald Knights. Uh, they don't fight mm. that differently, uh, given their uh, given their uh, state. Uh, but there is uh, one of them here that carries a spear you can get later on. Um, it's like a like a banner carrier um, that uh, will buff people who are nearby. Um, so it kind of functions like those clerics from Lothric Castle. Yeah. Mm. yeah it's a cool looking weapon. Um, you know, yeah. it's, it's a it's a PVP co-op weapon that like i'll probably you know i would never use but it looks neat mm -hmm. <laughs> i watched yeah. the move set today like the ghost banner that shows up is cool <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah um you uh you head through this uh, we're going through a fountain square with kind of dead lothric combatants kind of again more evidence of this civil know, war oh. civil war uh thing that we saw and uh, you can kind of go around um these side areas and get some some gear and some rings uh, it's worth noting that all the rings in this whole dlc are just plus three versions right of stuff we've ever already seen there's nothing new uh, that shows up, which is fine. It's just uh, it becomes particularly silly at a later later point. Um, <laughs> it's a it, it might not be as as silly as it first looks, actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh well, we'll get there. No, I, I, it's yeah. one of those things. Like I, well, I mean, we'll get there when we get there. But, uh, I don't. <laughs> yeah. It's it's disappointing without being illogical, right? Yeah, like yeah. It, it can make a sense. I I still think that it is underwhelming. Yeah. Like again, yeah. you can you can make a version of it that makes sense. <laughs> it doesn't make it good. Right. Um, as a thing um yeah and then this uh this is where i admit that the first time i went through this area until i came back from my cleanup round i totally missed lap oh yes yeah, I, I just i just didn't see him at all like i i you know yeah and like like you, you were saying before a lot of this dlc is about keeping the player moving which is not mm -hmm. a good fit for there is an npc here that you can very <laughs> easily miss because i missed him completely because he's not on the critical path he's on a little mm -hmm. side path no. and he's he's on a side path directly after like two much stronger than normal Lothric knights attack you. So I just ran past them mm -hmm. yeah. and yeah. I missed him completely. And it's, it's so weird that like he's, 
he's positioned after the first fork. Like, you would think they would put him, like... Like at least stick a little area before this where you can't miss the guy. But yeah. uh, well, well, yeah. well. Also, between this tower falling over, which is a cool dramatic moment, like everything here is so precarious, and the next bonfire, there's basically nothing. Um, yeah. And so you will get to this bonfire thing. Who all of that's behind me, and then never go back and see that that tower falling over creates like a bridge. Yeah. Yeah. Given that this the design of this area, it's it's Dark Souls two ish in a, in a way that like. Or demon soulsy that you can't go back because mm. you're dropping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's not a lot of incentive to go back and re-explore it because you, there's no way to turn. You'd have to actually walk back to the beginning. Yeah. Well, and also it's it's you don't do a lot of backtracking in uh, post teleport everywhere Dark Souls anyway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 I, um, I only found that because I was looking for help on the uh, the demon prince and the guides or wiki pages were alluding to this npc being summoned that i had no idea who it was so that you know any port in a storm that that helped me go back and find him otherwise i would have i would have missed him as well um for people who are waiting uh for us to say anything kind of unequivocally good about the the dlc um i think all of this stuff with lap works really well oh yeah like i i honestly think it's kind of good touching almost Mm -hmm. like i think the the (laughs) ending with this character is good i'm totally fine with him being here yep and i like this idea of this this take on the character it's weird to me that they can kind of continuously come up with new approaches uh for this so this is lap who is patches um you know just again everyone who's played this knows Spoilers. You know, the thing well, the, 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 yeah we, we talked about gail like a bunch um but, yeah. so this, this is patches but it's patches gone hollow like right. patches has yeah. lost his memory and what happens when somebody who is like a, a total near-to-well like shithead loses their memory Every time this happened before this, they kind of turn into this kind of confused Alzheimer's metaphor or they go crazy and attack you. Mm-hmm. What if it takes a bad person and turns them good? Yeah, like he's you know, a super what is, amiable, solid bro. Like what? what is the, the flip side of the clean slate, you know? Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's, yeah. a, that's a super cool place to explore. And yeah. I wish that they had been done some things other than just this character. But I think this is actually really successful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, to, yeah. To me, it's like um, I I – I agree with what you're saying, but I was kind of let down by it because I think the game doesn't expect you to twig that it's patches for a while. <laughs> hmm. Like it, it's this is weird bit where he gives you a seek brow and he's talking about like a toast. And that's like kind of the because after the Cathedral of the Deep, you have yeah, patches impersonating Siegvard. And I'm thinking like, do the developers actually think that patches and Siegvard sound the same and we're genuinely confused by this? Or is this just <laughs> a reference? Because it, it was just like it was weirdly baffling to me. Because when I remember when um, when Varty, because he played it before other people, was saying like, "Oh, this guy shows up and he's got Patches voice actor," and everyone was like, "Oh, it's Patches!" And I was like, "Well, not necessarily, because the guy who voices Patches is also like he's the voice of Latrek in Dark Souls One as well. Mm-hmm. So they could have just asked him back to play another character. Like it would be weird for it to be Patches, and then it is just Patches, and it's really obviously Patches. <laughs> and I'm like, are they going somewhere with this? Like, yeah. is are they gonna like double bluff me or something? And like, no, it's just. You go through all this shit, and it's it. The reveal is that it's patches, <laughs> and it's like entertaining on its own. But the whole time, I'm thinking, like, is this, is this really it? Like, are they sincerely trying to? Do they actually think? Is this a joke, or do they genuinely think I'm confused? Are they fucking with me? Because <laughs> yeah. he, he's really hard to find. Like, you can miss him here, and then where he is later on is like a really dangerous area to go. Mm-hmm. And you go through all of the like this ridiculous puzzle to get him to remember who he is, and the payoff is that it's patches. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, is it, it, it like yeah? I I 
I kind of gathered that because he's literally saying it's Patch's voice actor saying Patch's dialogue. <laughs> yep. Um, I just like you, you see him, I forget where exactly where it's at, but he is in Patch's uh, squat. Yeah. 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 That That's, that's the part where like when I went back that like, I figured, you know, definitely cop to it. Yeah. Right. It was like, yeah. Oh, he teaches you the squat. Okay. <laughs> you know, cause I'd missed that the first time yeah. around on this character. Cause this character was no nonsense, no NPC shit. Just get to the, you know, just level up because of mm-hmm. my second run through. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I agree with Gary that, that, that this yeah. is, this is pretty successful. And his, you know, his dialogue is kind of a return to a form of hollowing that we haven't seen, uh, since Dark Souls 2. Yeah. So again, this is a, this is a transplant that uh, has worked well. You know, this idea of losing your identity or not having your purpose and him, you know, starting out so happy. And then like he gets to a really dark place before you save him if you decide you know, to opt to, 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 to save him. Um, it was, it was good to see that that is still a component of this and it wasn't yeah. like retconned away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so when he shows up and the dialogue here is also very funny, it becomes really self-aware and, and familiar and, and jocular in a way that hasn't <laughs> been um, until the very end. I mean, this goes ahead, but he says like, and a good dark souls to you, <laughs> yeah. a good dark soul to you. That's a expression here. And here he's like, what, come on, what can I say? I'm a bloody hollow for heaven's sake. Like <laughs> this is weirdly, weirdly self-aware yeah. Uh, yeah. at a certain point. His, um, his purpose here is quest. He's looking for something called the purging monument, which would be similar to the, uh, um, the shrine of Amana um, that would, you know, reverse his hollowing because these yeah. blasted stones don't seem to be doing so much anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Which, um, you know, then, and yeah, cause he is, he's definitely going hollow, which we haven't seen definitively suggested before. Right. Um, also near here, you can find a pretty cool miracle, uh, projected heal. Um, this is your first like cure wounds on somebody else spell yeah. uh, in the series. Like mm-hmm. um, up until this point, you could always kind of set a heal area. Um, or have an area effect, but this actually allows you to cast it on somebody else. Yeah. Which Even, is pretty good. Yeah. Even those who had forgotten the caress and bounty of the, of the Princess of Sunlight did their best to recall her image. The stories spun about her were most certainly childish, yet gravely sincere. Um, amazing Making chest ahead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <High> five, buddy. <laughs> Jinx. <Yeah. laughs> I thought I was making a stretch, but yeah, you got it. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. It's weird that they would acknowledge that obliquely. Um, but yeah, uh, so the way, the way forward is to go through this alley and uh, to make another kind of lengthy leap as the camera pans up to reveal uh, a fallen windmill. And if you explore around the base of this fallen windmill, you find uh, some poison bugs. Uh, you know, we haven't seen, seen those in a while. I racked my memory trying to think if they're in Dark Souls 3. and They are. Oh, they are? Like they're, where, where they're, they're, in the yeah, they're in the woods. Ah, shit. Fuck they're me then. Yeah. But... <laughs> okay. like, I need to fuck you. It's okay. <laughs> but um, uh, when you rest at the uh, at the bonfire and you go to the travel, uh, this is the ruins of Earthen Peak. Yep. Yeah. Everybody's favorite area and the most significant <laughs> of, 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 of places. I guess this this is the anemic township uh, that is now uh, the equal of the Seat of Kings. This, this was the second, like... Oh, that wouldn't happen moment for me during the previews where everyone's like, it's a windmill, it's Earth and Peak. And I'm like, it's Earth and Peak doesn't have a monopoly on windmills. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> of course, no, it's Earth and Peak. Okay. <laughs> Whatever. Never mind. <laughs> the, um, this is this, you know, the, I, I alluded to this earlier. This, you know, bugs me a lot. And the reason it bugs me is because, and that windmill is the reason why it was Earth and Peak. 
right? Like they needed something that you could immediately yep. recognize from Dark Souls 2. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And that's that's it. Whereas like, you know, for all of the dismissal that Dark Souls 2 gets as a story, like Earth and Peak was about something, you know, like there are themes that it dealt with, yeah. whether it did successfully or not, right? Like this is yep. an area that like trucked in un, uh, unrequited love and jealousy and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, none of those mm-hmm. things are used though. It, it ends up reminding me a lot of um, Ready Player One where it's like, I'm just going to kind of portray these things, but nothing about them is important. It's just that they're representing like an era or a decade or something yeah. like that. You know, so yeah. I'm not saying I wanted I, a little side story about yeah. jealousy that shows up here. It's just like if Dark Souls 2 was going to come back, this is literally the most perfunctory way it could come back. The most uh, shallow. Yeah. yeah. The, the the best I can make of this is like Earthen Peak. Um famously connected to iron keep via the invisible elevator but like if you leave that to one side for a second if you accept that like earth and peak implies it's up really high i think it might maybe the idea is like it was the tallest point of drang lake so it's mm. the last place mm. to sink and that's why it's still here that's the best i can make of it yeah yeah possibly i was talking to a friend about it and he said i think the reason is boobs and i think he's on the money <laughs> It could definitely be because uh, we're going to run into some old friends. The uh, the sexy sorceress. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's okay though because unlike other women, she didn't use her beauty for evil. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> we yeah. get back into the weird like like men going yeah. their own way allegory world of Dark Souls too. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's the culture war on the the comments of that. All oh over. God, it makes me so sad. Uh, so we run into if you ran into Lap the first time because I definitely would have run in if if he showed up after you if you didn't trigger him I would have seen him here you know even though yeah. I missed him he shows up by the second bonfire yeah. um, and says hey there are some treasures in this nearby swamp you should go get them uh, this is also a pretty big clue that like uh oh <laughs> you know somebody's encouraging us to get treasures um, yeah this, this is when them. I tweaked it was patches like he, yeah. <laughs> there's no way it's not him yeah um he there's a it's a titanite slab and you can go get it yeah. but the nice thing is if you don't go get it uh new nice patches yeah. we'll go get it for you yeah it's like yeah. oh it seemed like you were taking a while so i just went back <laughs> yeah um you know pretty good I, I don't know if there's any more to say about that like this is not the last that we're going going to see of him uh because we have uh, we, we are responsible for unleashing pack patches back on the universe um, so the, these ruins are kind of surrounded by a very wide open, uh, kind of like killing field. Um, and this is where it really is like a cover base shooter. We have an angel yeah. that is hovering above and we have these shacks and these walls, uh, that we need to duck behind and wait for it to kind of like take a breath so we can do another dash. And there are these thralls that will actually like show you at one point, like you don't want to run forward, kind of run backward. Yeah. Yeah, the thralls will, like, will go we, make an example yeah. of themselves. Yeah. Like, we haven't mentioned this yet, but the angels, like, they will kill anything they hit. It's not like an enemy, like, thing. Right. If they mm-hmm. hit anything, they'll damage it. Yeah, they're not. Uh, they're they're, like, not they're more an environment. They're an environmental hazard rather than an, an enemy. Right. Yep. Yeah. Uh, if you decide to head further forward and further out, there's a, there's a little cliff outcropping that is difficult to get to when the angel is active. Uh, but this gets you the uh, the giant door great shield. Um, which mm-hmm. does not mention uh, the two knights uh, from before. These are heirlooms of a, of another knight, um, and uh, yeah, you just kind of yeah. wield yeah. them. Dude, and there's just a little one of those little one line evocative, like and actually very Dark Souls two esque. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah. it, it was known as protector of the meek, but failed to protect anyone. <laughs> the like it's actually X, but actually the opposite of X is <laughs> the thing that happens yeah. in the worst of Dark Souls two item descriptions. You know, so yeah. Um, 
Yeah, and you, uh, we mentioned that uh, that war banner you can get. You're trying to make your way down to the swamp, and again, you can't stop uh, during any of this. And now here's the th uh, third, fourth mechanic uh, to stop you from uh, stopping, which is poison. Poison swamp. It's an old one, but it still counts. Um, you cannot stop because, and if you you get double, you know, if you stop in this whole poison swamp, you're being poisoned and cursed from the angel. Yeah. Uh, that you're <laughs> yeah. running through, which is just just bonkers. Yeah. Um, so you kind of continue to run through. Um, I got lost here for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, because I couldn't find the angel and I didn't know, I think the critical path here is kind of tricky to find the, I mean, yeah. so I'm, I'm going to need somebody to tell me what the critical path is. Does the critical path go through the swamp? Um, because I wasn't able to go forward until I determined that I needed to make a running jump near that shack on the cliff. I think that is the actually, critical path is like you go up a route, uh, but it's like, it's, it's positioned in such a way that you wouldn't think you can climb it because of the angle it's on, mm. but you just kind of walk up it when you, when you move to it. No, oh, I, cl I climbed a lot of routes. Uh, you know, I, I found yeah. the, I, I found the tube man and I found, um, you know, a lot of the other stuff that this swamp area had to, had to offer. What I did not find was a way forward. Yeah. It's, it's past that you, you head up and then you can kind of go to the left mm -hmm. from there. There's a shortcut, which is what you took, which I, I wish yeah. I had found, but I didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's the, that's the faster but way the without route going this drops backwards. you onto the, the shack that you did the running jump onto. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, weird. <laughs> um, yeah. So this swamp, again, it's very earth and peaky. Um, if you go up and around, you're, you know, you're going to find, uh, a desert pyromancer Zoe, uh, which is again, a recurrence of the scantily clad, uh, pyromancers from the earth and peak. Um, this is cool armor. Uh, but yes, it is just a fight. It's not like an invasion. Like this is just a person who lives yeah. here now. Uh, and the, I had she's, a real she's time got with a unique too. like NPC yeah. name. <laughs> like yeah. she, she's not an invader, but she has the name like above her when you lock onto her. Like yeah. she's a yeah, yeah. She's got two uh, two thralls with her, which made this tough for me. Which mm -hmm. like thralls individually are not a big deal. Uh, but I also at this point like was at kind of at the end of my rope. Like after being angel shot and you know was in in poor shape. Mm -hmm. By the time I found this place and ended up just never fighting uh, Desert Pyromancer Zoe, I just ran past her. Yeah. Um, you can lure her out on the roofs and then kind of juke around her, which is what I did. Yeah. Uh, because her thralls kept stunning me and she threw fireballs at me that one shot me. So I got yeah. sick of it. Um, I just got her to oh. fall off the side because, like, she's programmed to, like, she'll always roll if you shoot an arrow at her. Mm. So I just shot a couple of arrows at her, like, without <laughs> knowing this is how it worked. And she just rolled off the side and into the swamp. <laughs> And then I just ignored her and yeah. just kept going. That's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, there's another thing here. Like you go into this cavern that is full of the uh, um, the Herald Knights uh, to get the uh, Titanite uh, uh, slab, but uh, it's full of poison. And why would you do that to yourself? Mm. A slab is not that attractive to me at this point. No. Yeah. And um, this is kind of when the Herald Knights start to get irritating because there's like it's like three of them, and they can come out of the ground. And mm -hmm. at this point, it's like, so you fought the one guy, which was fine. Like, you were in a little <laughs> environment where you could engage with him. And now it's like, there's like three of them at once slashing at you. And there's, n you can kind of do a plunging attack, but you have to run all the way up the route again. Yeah. So sort of immediately, I kind of lost my goodwill for the Herald Knights at this point. Yeah. 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 And, then, and that gets way worse. <laughs> like, this is, this, is not yes. the, this is not the epitome of that. I, I came away hating these things. <laughs> yeah, which sucks. I, I would have liked. I, I went from I love this. It's so cuddly to fuck. I hate this in like <laughs> space of an hour. The sword is pretty cool though. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, so you're ultimately kind of trying to wind your way around to the very tip of the fallen uh, windmill, uh, which has a bonfire and another one of these exposed uh, kind of uh, outcroppings that you want to run along and then uh, jump out of. Um, and so this is where you can summon Slave Knight Gale, and you can also uh, summon Lap for this. Um, both of them are kind of champs. Like, uh, you can't summon both of them, I think. Um, and this is a fight that really benefits from co-op. Um, and I think Before that... we talk about it, we have to talk about this message that Gale gives you. Yes. I think this is the second time this comes up, this message. I think it's funny, though. Um, <laughs> like, I, I, get, I, I criticize these jumps. I don't like these drops very much. But literally, the developer saying, try jumping, you won't die, <laughs> I think is, is kind of funny. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I was like, well, okay. Like, well, it's also like, try jumping is the canonical. It's, it's weird. They, 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 they made a tool. Uh, for the entire community to cry wolf. And then mm -hmm. the one time where they actually needed it, they had to do something custom to tell you, wait, no, really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is literally cry wolf because that is something that like people have been trolling me with since the very beginning. They've been trolling they, me with take this a step forward, you for know? eight years. Yeah. Yep. Um, but you head, you head down and you fight this, uh, this emboss, which has a couple different names, but it starts out as the demon in pain and the demon from below. Uh, so this is a co-op kind of boss fight. You have two large enemies, two different um, health bars. Unfortunately, that's it. Um, you know, you're just kind of dealing with them and uh, in this large environment and there's nothing waiting behind them. Yes. Yeah. It never <laughs> turns into anything else. Yeah. Um, so when you first go down here and you, you barely beat them and you uh, use arrows and cheese the last little bit because you're dying uh, and then it nothing else happens. It's it's a great relief. <laughs> it really is. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it shows that yeah. they're really uh, t t t turning, turning a new leaf. Um, so again, this is something that has gotten better as I've gotten distance from it. Uh, this fight, now that I'm not like literally losing two nights to it. Um, you yeah, this, know, this was your Waterloo. Yeah. Like things got dark. <laughs> I, yeah, I, re I remember seeing yeah. a Twitter. About that. <laughs> I, I believe that I called uh, I, I, I called the series a shambling circus that I have yoked my career yeah. to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At that point, I think I was rage drinking as well. So who knows? <laughs> but it's like it was it, it was it was pretty rough. Um, before it got to that point, though, like you know, having these two roughly identical enemies that can kind of trade off and change state is pretty cool yeah. because like when one is yeah. ignit or ignited ignit um ignited it uh is more uh you know aggressive and focuses on uh kind of melee whereas the other one's going to kind of like hang back and spit like this toxic breath at you yeah, yeah. i i thought like this would be the worst boss and it's actually probably the best designed of the of the three yeah um, cause like, I thought it was just going to be, oh, we're doing bell gargoyles again, only instead of gargoyles, it's like two copies of the demon King from Isolith. Yeah. But like you were saying that the, the design is actually quite well considered in that they switch active and passive states. So like <laughs> when one's active, you go around, the other one won't be that aggressive, but he will be poisoned. So then they trade throughout and that's, that's really cool. Yeah. yeah. And it, yeah. it's something I, I ended up, um, because of. Probably because of my general fatigue with Dark Souls 3. Um, you know, I tried this a couple times by myself, died just a normal number of times, ended up bringing in Gale uh, for it, yeah. and actually had a pretty good time. Um, yeah, you know, I brought fighting, in Gale when I did it. Yeah. Fight, fighting one of these demons is pretty fun. 
um, you know, yeah. having him kind of distract one. Uh, and you you want you know the money demon is the uh, the poison demon. If you mm-hmm. if you have him uh, kind of down, you can the the one who is poison at the at the start of the fight. Yeah, um, either either one of them that's powered down. Okay, I mean is the one that I think that is much easier to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, kind of their whole thing is they're very uh, aggressive. Uh, when they're when they're turned off, they just kind of hang back. They they shoot you know spit poison. It's not too big a deal. And then they flame on. Um, and their kind of primary attack. Um, which we didn't mention this. We talked about the Herald Knights because I think this is a clever little bit of design um, is this many hit combo that constantly drives forward and this series of swipes forward that mirrors something the Herald Knights do. Mm -hmm. So the way that if you're fighting the Herald Knights and you're like, oh, I can't just back away from this forever or or I have to back away for this longer than I think I do. um, kind of trains Mm -hmm. you in a cool way to to fight these things because their attack is very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there's a lore purpose behind that. I just think that, you know, it's just kind of a yeah. cool little bit of design, mm-hmm. um, you know, and essentially you can kind of get in occasional hits when they're aggro and then wait for them to power down again uh, while Gale deals with the other one. Yeah. Um, that little bit at the beginning of this though, we were, you know, and this first part is not too bad. Um, right. You take out one and then it's just the remaining one. He's kind of a breeze, uh, <laughs> but then this turns into the second phase of the boss fight. So it is a, a final variation, a, a double boss that turns into a single boss, you know, is a yeah. new thing. It's kind of like Abyss Watchers, but a little bit different. <laughs> uh, completely um, new health bar. Yeah. Total health, new yeah. health bar turns into the Demon Prince, who, again, I also don't think is like super, super bad. I just I had it. If I did OK in the first round, I did well in the second round. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. if Gale did OK in the first round, I did OK in the second round. Yeah. Here. Yeah. When I when, when I eked by on fighting the Demon in Pain and the Demon from Below, um it really you know it was like okay cool and then he gets back up i was like it was probably the biggest fuck you i've yeah i've i've felt you know at least in recent memory you know it's it's always fraught to say the biggest but like i was like oh they're they're gonna goddamn do it again um yeah yeah it it felt like it felt like too much and again there's a cool decision that goes into this because depending on which which of these demons he revives from um he uh gets a different kind of powers uh, so if he uh, comes up from the demon in pain, he gets the ability to shoot these like fire lasers, um, which will like sweep back and forth as his like super special move. If he revives from the demon from below, he creates these like floating fireballs that shoot uh, meteors at you. Um, and I found the latter of those, the meteors, to be uh, impossible to dodge and impossible to actually understand uh where they were coming from and also incredibly powerful. So like I had to beat this guy on you know I had to beat him in laser mode. Mm. I I actually never saw laser mode, so I didn't know there was laser mode until I read about it later. Oh, well. I don't know what oh, it was. Yeah, but I, I always yeah I always saw fire mode. I never got laser mode, but I I knew about this mechanic because Vardy had talked about it. But um, I got the meteor version. But I I, I fought this guy twice. I got meteor both times. Yeah, and the meteor yeah. I also had a hard time dodging it, but I thought the rest of his attacks were pretty easy to dodge. Yeah. So yeah. I you know it was always a health tax when the meteors came. Like I was not good at dodging them. And for the record, I've never liked. Uh, that mechanic i don't like it when the demon king does it i didn't like it when the uh, living failures did it i didn't like it when rom did it like i don't really like things coming from points in the sky that are hard to yeah kind of keep your eye on um but it's just i ended up having enough health after a couple tries to where i could you know tank it essentially and be yeah, okay it's again going back to that thing about like the dlc the challenge a lot of people were facing was was more of a numbers game than a moveset game mm-hmm. yeah but like, because I came in here with a plus five Black Knight shield, and mm-hmm. it was like no problem. Yeah, yeah, that, that yeah. would make a big difference too. Like, yeah. Um, so it should be noted a couple of things here that are frustrating to me. Um, so one, these are demons. Um, I don't care for that. 
Uh, yeah. You know, demon, <laughs> demons are canonically gone. Yeah. Um, you know, and there's no reason to go back on that. As, that as, I can think as, of. as long as there is but a single flame, he will revive. <sighs> I mean, they, they, they tell us that, but there's so I can't think of, uh, you know, why <laughs> like any kind of pathos you got from killing the Demon King is erased here. <laughs> yep. You know, this idea that you're kind of mercy killing the last of his kind, you know, which was kind of cool. Like I didn't I don't love the demon ruins, you know, or, or uh, you know, that, that lake in uh, in Dark Souls three. But it was kind of neat. Um, that's kind of just, a, you know, erased here. You're also in the ruin of the uh, Firelink. Uh, the shrine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Firelink Shrine. Dark Souls 1, Firelink Shrine, not Dark Souls 2. Yes. Oh, yeah. fun. Uh, yeah. yeah. And uh, so you I, can I, see... I thought that might be the case. Uh, can you can you cite some uh, some features of it? Be, yeah, the, be, uh, aside um, from just the, uh, the, 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 the depression in the middle. The depression and then the, the well is at the same length. And oh, the, uh, the little stairway that go around are the same, yeah. uh, same kind of distancing. So this is Dark Souls One's representation in this chronological strata. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, why? Like, why? <laughs> why would their Demon King be in Dark Souls One in the middle of this thing? Like, why? why I don't know why this I, okay, Demon I, Prince I, is here at all. Do you? Do you have, have an answer I for have this? I have two. I have two. Um, oh. Ooh. I. Have, I. They're not very good. <laughs> okay. But like, I've been yeah. thinking about it. Like, if he's the Demon King, this is like the worst explanation I can come up with. Is like Demon King is seeking fire, so he's gone to Firelink Shrine because that's where the fire was in Dark Souls One. But, like, I think really the the way that we leave this place is to go down the door that Frampt comes out of in Dark Souls 1. So, like, I think it's really there to signal to us that, like, okay, we're going somewhere that's, like, before Dark Souls 1 in this, like, geological strata. You've mm-hmm. gone from, like, Lothric, which is Dark Souls 3, Earth and Peaks, Dark Souls 2, Filing Shrine's Dark Souls 1. And now, because we're going somewhere that everyone's been flagging up, like, this is from the dawn of the Age of Fire going it, it kind of works like symbolically going down that that like pit that Frampt came out of to somewhere that's like older than that mm. it's still so that explains yeah. why uh firelink was chosen from dark souls one yeah but there's no association between and i guess like if the demons are seeking fire like there is fire in <laughs> firelink there's fire in a lot of places in, in dark souls one <laughs> specifically one i can think of that demons are associated with that like <laughs> yeah. you know makes it kind of sense it just it ends up feeling like uh mad libs to me you know, yeah. like I don't oh, understand. We, we um, yeah. Talk about this is the demon that Lorian fought. Yes. Yes. Even though they kind of yes. kind of half erased that. Yeah. Which yeah, is super weird. <laughs> there is but one flame. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they, they, they changed the item description. Yeah. So there'll always ah. be demons, right? So like demons have always been <gasps> not you know not my favorite part of like Dark Souls lore anyway. You know they're they're kind of they're kind of weird. We already have like. You know, a lot of times the humans are versus dragons. Like the actual story of the Witch of Isolith is really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But th- they're kind of continued revel, you know, relevance throughout the series. And their yeah, kind of increased they... relevance in three is very strange to me. Yeah. And there's something that like is explicitly there an accident. The Witch of Isolith yeah. accidentally creates demons when the chaos flame goes wild. So it's not like they're like a part of the world like dragons are. Like you could or say, the, oh, well, dragons de- will endless. Or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this thing will endlessly revive. Like, no, these these are things that should not exist. And right. the idea that, that now they're, like, yoked to the rest of the world, they're going to endlessly revive is, like, kind of, oh, God. I, I just, I, I felt like, it felt like, oh, this is the last little bit of content. We have to have a demon fight. We have to have a duel. We have yeah. to have a dragon. And they're just kind of checking off boxes. But I didn't, I just was so happy. Like, when, when demons came back in Dark Souls 3, I wasn't like, yes, yes, yes. But yes. again, like any amount of pathos that there was in killing the last demon, like out of the things and like one of the things I criticized Dark Souls three with is that 
Um, it's trying to express this idea that, uh, no, shit's serious now. It really is the end of the world. I know we told you it was the end of the world many times before, but now it really is. And killing the last demon is actually like a, a step towards that, right? Yeah. yeah. Like that actually feels like that supports their theme. And then just to kind of be like, no, at the end of the world, there's still demons. <laughs> like it just, I don't know. It, it just did not work for me as a, a thematic thing. Like I don't yeah, get it. it. It's, you know, um, it really, it, it bums me out. Like as a, you know, yeah. I don't know. The other thing you know, about this it, boss is he, he looks a lot like a bat and like people who've data mined the game, like before the DLC came out, found there was a boss called like the giant bat. Hmm. So I'm starting to wonder if like this is a sanctuary guardian situation where like they had the boss designed, cut it and they're like, oh, I guess we'll shove it in the DLC when that comes out. Oh, it, they, they walk exactly yeah. like fruit bats when they walk on the ground. <laughs> yeah. They walk just like uh, fruit bats uh, crawl yeah. on those vines to get yeah. sweet, yeah. sweet bananas and mangoes. Yeah. <laughs> It um oh my gosh if you just drop down into something that you could without the boss fight more easily recognize as Firelink and there was nothing there again if it just climbed off of your dick for a fucking second yeah <laughs> it would be awesome to explore yeah. ruined Firelink like that yeah. would have been a yeah. meaningful moment yeah um and, I, yeah. and it's like the, it does this thing that the DLC is going to constantly do where it, it kind of starts invoking the primordial serpents and it goes nowhere. Yep. Oh man, we're, like that's up gonna, until, that's gonna... Yeah. up <laughs> until the thing ended, I was expecting like it's like Crust, Crusty's gonna be here soon. That's <laughs> gonna be here soon. Yeah, Kathy doesn't get here. Um, the um, one of the things uh, uh, about this fight too, when you talk about the early version when it was a bat, um, one of the cool or not, I guess it's not cool. One of the things that's been interesting though is because of the the Dark Souls uh, video content mill. One of the things that pops out all the time are like predictions about based on trailers. Mm -hmm. And yeah. those have been really like interesting to see how kind of off the mark a lot of those are not because the people yeah. who are making them are dumb or wrong. They're doing th They were predicting things that would make sense. Yeah. And then exactly. just the, <laughs> yeah. the DLCs refused to make sense. So one yeah. of the things people were saying was like, oh, this these things look a lot like when they showed this boss in the trailer and um, they're like, oh, it looks a lot like the demons that carry you from, uh, you know, sends to uh, uh, yeah. You know, uh, and Orlando. Um, I was going to say Londor, but uh, that's already a different thing. God, like, I understand those <laughs> things are on purpose, but um, the uh, but like it looks a lot like one of those things, and and a lot of people were convinced about that, and even in our Slack channel, people yeah. were talking about like what that could mean, um, and I I was like, oh, those things are an Easter egg for Demon Souls. I don't want them to mean anything, but people were like, you know, that's what it looks like, and I was, you know, okay, well they're going to bring those demons back. Uh, those demons are going to have a big important plot thing, and then that yeah. didn't happen. But then what they replaced it with made less sense and is also unsatisfying. So I'm not like happy with it yeah. just being and, like, another similar demon. like to um, we'll, we'll meet an important character later on who like was in the trailers and everyone had their own theories about them. And yeah. I would prefer literally any of those theories to what we got. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Then, then just something yeah. new that, like doesn't doesn't make tons of sense. <sighs> yep. Um. So you get this thing soul, um, which uh, I guess and again initially. Um, it said, uh, the, the demon prince after his defeat, DeLorean retreated beneath the earth and lost the memory of the flame that burned within him, marking the end of demon kind. Um, but then they retconned it, uh, to say <laughs> the, uh, the demons birthed from a common chaos share almost everything between them, even the pride of their prince and his nearly faded flame. Uh, so the last demon standing may rekindle it. Yeah. Um, which des yeah. describes the fight pretty well. Right. Yeah. You know, like, OK, well, there you go. That, like, that is that is what happens, you know, like, so, OK, cool. Good for uh, plus for uh, story and mechanics lining up negative for the cosmic implications. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. The, uh, um, 
Yeah. And th- there's kind of like a little nice little thematic thing there with like Lorien and Lothric being two princes who are joined together. And here you've got mm-hmm. the two demon princes who are joined together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we uh, we kind of continue through here. As uh, as you mentioned, Richard, we go through the area that Kath uh, would have come up uh, after picking up the small envoy ba- banner uh, from this corpse uh, envoy banner that's in there. Mm-hmm. And this is a small banner used by the envoys of Lord Gwyn in the days of yore for the pygmies who took the Dark Soul. The great lord gifted the Ring City, an isolated place at World's End, and his beloved youngest daughter promising her that he would come for her when the day came. What's that last <laughs> sentence? Isn't that great? Um, so. Yep. And, and at this point, the narrative completely collapses in yep. on itself. Yeah. Oh. And that, that's probably a good place to, to end this it, first episode. It, it really is. Yeah. As, 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 as Gwyn, or I guess, I guess as we start doing that dance around, like a, like an, uh, a Mori episode when, uh, when like, Oh, the, the, the kid's not yours. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're going nuts. We're going insane with the revelation, but yes, that we, we should end this. Um, we got yeah. a lot more out of that than I expected from the drag. Yeah. Game. Yeah. So, so the next one, um, we'll, we'll want to pick up the pace a little bit because we have three bosses to go through the next one. Yeah. Um, and as much as this one was your Waterloo, uh, one of the other ones was my Waterloo, and I have yeah. I have feelings. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then one of them is also the Waterloo I didn't beat. So I guess two of them were my Waterloo. Yeah, I, I did beat I did beat Medea because I figured yeah. neither of you were going to do it. Oh, oh yeah. I, I, I did, I, I, yeah, I said fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it, like at least one of this should happen. Yeah, like there, there's not going to be any food down there. Like you know, we're we're going to play the long game. Um. Yeah, <laughs> I did the cheat code of watching it beat on on YouTube. Yeah. So uh, the next episode we'll cover the rest of the DLC. Uh, if you're listening to this, there is not time. To, to do your responses and um, we're recording that the same day this comes out um so yeah so uh you know if, if hopefully you've already sent those in um richard thank you uh, for joining us for this first episode you'll be sticking around for the second one as well uh but for people listening now where can they find you online uh you can find me online uh at a youtube channel which i stupidly called jerks on frontier if you just um look up bloodborne up close on youtube you will find it that's probably easier because all the words are in english um and uh i have uh my most recent thing is my stream playthrough of the ring city which i did when this first came out and um i will be back uh soon making more stuff about dark souls 3 and bloodborne yeah absolutely looking forward to that um cool what can they do if they want to help out the show well um we have a patreon uh, as people are very well aware uh, <laughs> you can go to uh, patreon.com slash duckfeedtv and uh, uh, kick in a couple of bucks a month. Uh, that doesn't just support this show. We do uh, several others um, on the network that uh, we'd really love if you, if you went and check it, uh, checked out. If you uh, haven't uh, done that so far, uh, chief among them, watch out for Fireballs, which is a similar kind of uh, close look approach uh, to, to this, except a little bit more zoomed out um, about uh, used to be just retro games and now uh, kind of more generally games. Um, and uh, also like abject suffering if you like the tangents and comedy that is us um, you know kind of almost talking about bad games yeah absolutely Um, one thing I want to bring up is that as the time you're listening to this there are scant hours left if you want to back my book on Kickstarter Hmm. Um, if you go to uh, my Twitter page you'll see it Um, it's also all over social media I will probably be insufferable about it as those hours dwindle down Uh, but I'm doing a second book in the Power World series this time based on Fallout the book is called Atomic. Um, you know, I've already made the goal, uh, but I really do appreciate any continued support because it's going to allow us to do uh, new and cool things 
um, as far as stretch goals go. So we have matched the uh, the goal where Cole will be doing an audiobook reading of it. Hello. Um, you, <laughs> you like Cole's voice. Uh, <laughs> if, you, if you want his silky baritone all over your ears, um, you know, you have yourselves to thank. Um, other future uh, goals are pretty neat as well, um, including doing a uh, another serial comic, um, doing a serial commercial uh, through it that is animated with uh, my friend Noah Dorsey um, and doing a, uh, a series of game facts. Uh, fake game facts for the uh, the game. So uh, check out that stuff. I'd really uh, appreciate your support. So if you want to do that, um, please pick it up. Yeah. Um, this is this is different than the Patreon. This is pre-ordering a book. And yeah. people like the first book. I think if you uh, like the first one, you'll like this one as well. Yeah. And the first one is for sale at duckv.tv slash store. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I appreciate, appreciate that too. Yeah. Um, if you do not normally listen to the appendices, um, I want to put a bug in your ear. Uh, just hold still for a second. No, um, stick around because we're going to be making some announcements about um, what we're going to be doing kind of next uh, yes. with this. So yeah. uh, just keep that in mind. That's not for another two weeks, but uh, that will be uh, important, I think. Yeah, you're going to want to listen to that because people have people ask us what we're going to do with the show, and we figured it out. So we're going to talk about that. Um, yeah, and I think that's probably it. Uh, what should they do until next time, Cole? Um, they should have made some coffee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I, I should have made some coffee. Fuck. Yeah. And we all pray that we will have far more soon. Umbasa? Um, um, umbasa. Umbasa. <laughs> um, I'm going to get some water real quick. I know that uh, yeah. we got to get a move on, Cole. Are you, are you okay, yeah. Cole? Oh yeah, I don't. I'm not working tomorrow, so. Oh great. Yeah, okay. I'm gonna. Um, I'm actually gonna get a pop. I know that's unwise, but I'm just gonna get a Coke Zero so I can get a little uh, pip in my step. BRB. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be back in just a couple minutes. <laughs>